0: Hello, coders. Welcome to episode 166 of the How to Code Well podcast. Today's show is all about speeding up your automated end-to-end tests. I use Cypress, so I have five ways to speed up Cypress tests. And I've also got five sort of general tips to speed up tests, sort of in general. It doesn't have to be Cypress. Before we get into those, though, let's just talk about the changelog. What the what things I've been doing recently uh, since the last time we spoke? So I've been doing a couple of JavaScript package upgrades. So I've upgraded things like Tailwind CSS, Post CSS, Webpack, and Node itself. This is all to do with the staging deployment phase of the HowToCodeWell.net platform. This has gone uh, really well, actually, better than I thought. And I've actually decided to. Uh, not use less and use post CSS. So I spent an evening just converting from less to post CSS. Post CSS is much quicker than less. So I'm glad I've done that because today's show is all about speed. Also, um, there is a support ticket that I've got going out uh, with one of the hosting providers regarding SSL stuff. So I can't really do any DevOpsy stuff until that's been sort of resolved So that, unfortunately, will have to bleed into next week. So I haven't done much in terms of the Kubernetes stuff uh, this week, unfortunately. The plan for next week is to look at Composer packages. So I know that there is a lot of uh, packages in Composer land in the PHP space that I have to upgrade. So what we'll be doing on stream is sort of doing those investigations, splitting, splitting them out into delivery tickets and then upgrading them one by one. I want to get Symphony up to sort of the, as the latest it possibly can do. And I can't do that until there are certain things upgraded and certain deprecations fixed. In the contracting space, the stuff that I do every day, I have actually been working on a a lot of PHP 7.4 stuff, uh, 5.6 stuff, and Angular, so the Angular JavaScript framework from Google. The reason why I say this is that I know that there are clients that listen to this and potential clients, hopefully, that listen to this show as well. So just to let you know that I don't just work on howtocodewell.net all of the time. In fact, it's a very small part of my job. I guess you would call it a second job, but I do this in the the howtocodewell stuff in the evenings. And the weekend. So, my day to day, PHP 5.6, five, PHP 7.4, and at the moment, Angular. Okay, so I have a couple of news articles that I wouldn't mind just mentioning, and I'll put links to the show notes in the show notes uh, below. I also want to uh, talk about the speed, as I've mentioned, with the Cypress tests, but I'll get on to that afterwards. So, the first news article that caught my eye was this, this was a really sort of well thought out, well uh, written article by Bobby Chen. I found this actually on Hacker News, and it's about uh, being on call and his experiences of being on call. If you've ever been on call as a software developer, then I'm sure you'll appreciate this article. So I've got a link in that down below. There's also an article as well that I've linked to around testing links in Cyprus. And this is by, um, I'm going to butcher names here, but Philip Hyric. Uh, And this talks about the various different ways that you can actually use Cypress tests to test for links and the the attributes within links. And I found it very useful. I've actually using this in how to speed up the tests as well. So I'll mention that in a minute. I've also started looking at how to enable TypeScript in uh, Symfony Webpack on Core. So there is a link here about that so that's this is on the Symfony uh, website symfony documentation so enabling typescript in symfony webpack on core. The next link is regarding the SSL certificates in Kubernetes. So this is a medium article by the AVM consulting blog and this is how to secure applications in Kubernetes using SSL TLS certificates. So this is something that I'm dealing with sort of at the moment. Uh, pending this support ticket resolution. <clears throat> okay, and then there is how to speed up Cypress automated tests. And this is by, again, I'm going to butcher names here, uh, Field Spa Tech. I know that's a username, but that, that's I've probably butchered it. So this article is very interesting, and it's actually the inspiration of this podcast episode because this talks about the various ways that they have used or, or improved Cypress tests to give them speed gains so without further ado let's get into the whole speeding up tests and i've got a a five point general sort of list of what of tips and and tricks of how to speed up tests in general and then i've got a, a list of five to do specifically for cyprus so the first one in general is to discover how slow your tests actually are and i don't just mean how slow all of your tests are i mean how slow the individual tests are and then group them so you want to group them by a a sort of a boundary of time so the tests that are that that take longer than say 10 seconds then and then another group that are tests that take longer than 20 seconds and another group that take longer than 40 seconds. I suppose you would have to do it so it's like between say 20 seconds and 10 seconds or between 40 seconds and, and 30 seconds, That those kind of groups. And then once you have those split up, you can then work at the probably the highest group first and then just do it group by group by group. Don't just, just sort of scattergun approach the whole thing. This works incredibly well when you have lots of tests and you'll, you just don't know where to start. So having a sort of a list of all the tests that are grouped within the, the, the duration range, I suppose, is a great way to then navigate your way through the improvements. Okay. Number point number two is to don't speed up your tests if you don't need to Now this is a bit of a weird one, but you don't have to think of it, you don't have to t- um, speed up your tests from the get-go. Your tests should be giving you output that says whether things have passed or failed. And in some cases, those things can take very, you know, a huge amount of time. But if if those tests only run sort of once every evening, then there's no point in doing t- in, Speeding them up. So only do this if you really, really need to. This can actually be a time sink. You to to speed things up can actually be a time sync. and it really depends on whether or not you need to. So if this is an automated test suite that runs in the evenings or in the night when everybody's asleep, then really, what is the point? So only do this if you need to do this. Also, um, you wanna you wanna. Um, you want to improve. This is point number four. You want to uh, you want to take the sorry. You want to take the 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 point that small improvements can actually over time give you a massive gain. So if you're running tests all of the time, so for every build you're doing um, automated tests, and you know that there are certain tests that do take a lot of time, if you can chip away at the small ones. And say incru- and sort of decrease their time by a couple of seconds, maybe you know twenty seconds here, twenty seconds there. Then over time, this is actually going to amount to quite a lot of gain. You might think that oh, I've only just shaved off a couple of seconds on this test, but over time, if you're if that test is running ten times a day, then it's going to shave off a, a lot of time in the long run. And it probably isn't just you running these tests, right? It's probably other members of your team. So everybody benefits, everybody benefits. Uh, Point number five is only test what you need to and when you need to. So for example, um, I mean, I should have split these points up into two, but hey, so only test what you need to. So only test the things that have actually changed. Now this is actually quite a difficult thing to do because, Often with an automated end-to-end test, you want to test all the things, but really you should only test all the things that have changed. And this means that your test suite is going to be quicker, right? Because you're only testing a select amount of things. And you can actually write some intelligence to do that. Uh, For instance, with GitLab runners, you can say there's there's the rules that you can use. So if certain things have changed, then run those particular test suites. Again, it's very, very tricky, and this is pr- prone to human error. And there are some times where you just want to run the whole suite. So what I would recommend, what I've been doing is I have a certain, certain, build, certain pipelines that run based on certain directories that have changed. And then I have a manual test. It's manual at the minute. I would like this to be nightly. A manual test that runs through the whole thing. So if I feel a little bit unsure that actually I want to run the whole suite, just to be 100% sure, I can do that manually. And I would like to progress this into nightly. So just running the whole thing nightly. This goes to the point of uh, only running tests that you need to run at a specific time. So when you're doing all your, your um, daily work, let's say you've updated just a readme file, a markdown file, should that warrant the whole end-to-end test suite from firing off? In my opinion, no, because all you're doing is updating documentation. You're not changing how the the code works, how the user journeys work. So that in my opinion doesn't warrant a full end-to-end suite test, right? You should only test what you need to test. However, during the day I could have written written code that focuses on other areas of the of the of the code base. And so I would wouldn't mind to have a nightly Build just to make sure that everything that has gone in during that day or previous evenings actually still actually work. So breaking them down into having smaller little tests that are focusing on the parts that have I've changed, and then having an overarching test that makes sure that everything is nice and stable. So that's the, the general points. That's the general points. And I'm still I'm still learning this process. I'm still. Um, creating the pipelines and manipulating the pipelines. So I'm still learning. I'm no way am I saying that I'm an expert in this whatsoever. D- these are just things that have helped me out. Okay, so let's talk about Cypress specific things then. So the first one is to group your similar tests into a single test. Now this may seem a bit weird, especially if you've come from like you know unit testing sort of perspective. We're not talking about unit tests here. We're talking about automated end-to-end tests. So in the Cypress world, it's always best to group things together into one big test rather than having smaller little tests. So if you have a test that, I don't know, focuses on a specific page, right, of your, of your application, then use that test to also look at other things on the page, depending on the state that that test should be in. And check those as well, rather than break those up into smaller, little test suites have, or, or spec files, have those as one large test. So you're testing on a page level rather than on a component level, right? And you do the whole thing sort of blah, 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 blah. So your test may be looking for many different um, assertions, make checking lots of various different things. This speeds up the whole process of having smaller little tests in Cypress because you have to load those. You know, there's there's the the Chrome extension, the Cypress GUI that needs to load. There's other things that Cypress does if enabled, such as the video encoding or video uh, creation and screenshot creation and stuff like that. So if you're able to do this in a single test, then you bypass all of those things individually, which speeds up the test suite. Also, um, uh, separate your tests that don't need, uh, state change, um, that, uh, let me rephrase this. So separate tests that don't need state change state or require a fixed state. So there's three things here. So separate your tests that don't need state. What do I mean by that? Well, let's say for example, all you're doing is checking the links on the page. You're not clicking the links. You're just making sure the links are there, and maybe the links have the, the the title in them, right? So you're not actually concerned about the database. You're not you're not clicking links. You're not logging in. You're not doing those kind of things. What you want to do is group those together. And I don't. This doesn't necessarily mean group them into a single test, but group them together outside of. So maybe put them in a different folder. What I'm trying to say here, and then tag them as say tests that don't have state, or you know a better tag than that, right? and then run those, right? Run all of those, uh, together. Don't mix them up with the ones that do require state or require changes to the state. So what about the ones that require state? So this is tests that run that require, say a user to have a certain account, right? So they need to log in, tag those as, I don't know, require login or a, a, a Require, require accounts at certain blah 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 blah, you know, username blah blah blah, and then run all those together, right? Run all those together in a in a in a separate. I'm going to say suite here, but it could be a separate folder or something, because they require the database to be at a certain state. Now, don't uh, replace the states unless you need to. So, maybe for example, there is a a set of tests that need to have the user to log in to, to, to have the the user's account to have certain values right but you're not changing those values in the test you are just making sure those values appear in the application so what you want to do is not replace the database after every test yes the chain the, the state is being read in a sort of a read-only state but you're not having to rebuild the database each time each time. That takes a lot of time when you're, when you're doing that. So you want to group those tests together and then you want to group the third thing. And that is when you're actually changing state. So when you're, when you're logged in as the user, so you've logged in at a given state, but you're also updating the user's profile. That is changing of state. Group those together as well. Maybe see if you can actually do a whole user journey in a single, um, database, sorry, in a single spec rather than several different tests. So, again, in going to my first point, point of grouping similar tests together. So, maybe if you've logged in as a user and your user journey uh, can actually go further than what it currently is, then do that rather than separate those user journeys out into smaller little user journeys. Maybe extend your user journeys to cover those kind of other things. This kind of follows in like neatly to the third point, and that is to pay attention to the before and after hooks, right? So there are uh, there's two things in Cyprus that um, uh, you should pay attention to. The first one is the before, and the second one is the before after. Um, sorry, the first one is before, and the second one is before each. So before, what does that do? So anything in the before. Uh, function gets ran before the whole spec, before all of the tests within that spec file, right? So it runs once, and then the before each function is called every time, or before every test. So every test. This is how I've sped up my tests a lot, and this, and and the reason why is because I had a uh, the rebuild of data of the database was happening before every test every test when the state didn't need to change when the state needed to be at a, at a given point but it it doesn't matter if it's changed right so this is like point number uh, number 2 of the previous previous thing so what i did then is i put that in the before hook rather than the before each which meant that the database just rebuilt before the whole test suite ran and then it doesn't matter if th- during the test, I was plating and saving data if that data is not required in the next test below it, right? And then after that test, the, on the next test, there was another before hook and that rebuilt the database there. So it only rebuilt it once, whereas before it was like rebuilding it five times and I didn't need to do that. The before each, though, is really important because there are certain things that you need to carry over to the to the next test or you can't carry over to the next tests, I should say. And that is things like uh, cookies and sessions and stuff. So logging in needs to be done on a before each. There's also after and after each. Apologies, I got confused about that back a while, a couple of minutes ago. So there's an after. So that happens after all the tests have run. And then there is an after each that runs after each of the tests have ran, but I usually use before and before each to uh, to deal with state. Okay, and uh, the next one, so point number four is to disable video and screenshot creation on automatic builds, okay? So if you've got a, a test suite that runs um, all of the time, right, so for every commit, every push, every merge, it's doing a whole end-to-end test on a certain thing. There is no need to have screenshots running and uh, video creation for every single one because, you know, most of them are going to pass, right? It's only the stuff that you're working on that actually you may need to actually look at from a video perspective and a screenshot perspective. So what I've done is turn them off and that dramatically changed the speed. I actually was getting like 12%, uh, 10%, 12% speed improvements just by turning those things off and that is just configuration just setting those those uh, configurations to false so disabling video creation disabling screenshot creation where you want to to enable this though and this is on point five the last point is to enable those things when you don't care how long the test suite is actually going to take so do those on the nightly builds. So. I'll just recap all of this because I've been going in and out of stuff. So generally what you want to do is discover how long your tests are taking and how long A, the whole suite takes and as well as how long the the individual tests take. Also, don't feel the need to speed up your tests unless you really, 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 really have to. The next point is to group your tests by duration. So how long things take and then take the, the longest uh, set and work on those. And then once they're done, get the next set, work on those. Then when that's done, work on the next set, work on those in an iterative process. Don't just scatter gun approach this. Cause you know, that's, that's just not gonna, you're, you're not going to, uh, get the, the best wins first. Okay. So then we had, uh, to, uh, w- to know that small improvements actually do have big gains Sort of, you know, on the long term. So you're not just having gains for you; you're actually providing gains for everyone else on your team by by improving these things. Uh, and then uh, only test when you need to and what you need to. So again, this is looking at the changes you you've made and only testing those changes versus testing the whole thing. And testing the whole thing sort of outside working hours, maybe just before the whole. The, a release just to be 100% sure, maybe class that as a regression test of the whole thing. But that doesn't have to happen every time you do a small little change to your your specific area of code that you're working on. Um, then in the Cypress stuff, we had group similar tests together into a single test. We had separate your tests that don't need state, uh, change state, or require a, fix, a, a a fixed state. So those three things there, you want to group those up. And if you can, tag those and then fire those, you know, as a group. So split your pipeline into three sort of things. State changes um, requires a specific state and then doesn't care about state at all. Okay. And then we had to pay attention to the before and before each hooks. They do very different things. They run at different times during the the test test process. So pay attention to what you're doing in those. Also disable video and screenshot creation on your day-to-day tests. Enable and finally enable those on things like nightly tests or tests that run just before, say, a release on a regression test, just to be 100% sure that you've covered all the things. And if there is an issue, then give your developer access to the the, the the video and the screenshot when things fail. Excellent. I am getting really hot in this office now with these Julian lights on. So apologies if I was talking and rambling really, really fast. But um, I need to grab a cold drink because it is so hot. It is so hot in the UK at the minute. It's uh it's lovely. I'm not complaining. It is lovely. Anyway, go check out those links below. Um they are they've helped me loads uh, recently and also helped me improve the speed of of the Cypress build. By the way, the Cypress tests were running about 19-20 minutes. I mean, it changes. You got to get an average, right? So they were running let's just say 20 minutes on average. And with some of these tweaks, I've managed to get it down to 15 minutes. So I have a lot to, to do, right, a lot to do. But like I said, I'm only looking at the, the highest duration tests at the minute. Some of these tests were actually taking more than a minute to run. <laughs> so wow. I, I managed to get them down to about 30 seconds with these things. So, it, you know, it's it's positive. It's certainly not gr- amazing, but it's certainly it's, it's great. If I could get it down to, say, sub 10 minutes to do the whole end-to-end suite, that would be fantastic. Anyway, thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding and listening, of course. Happy coding. If you've got any questions, if you want to shout out on the show, please do let me know howtocodewell.fm forward slash contact, and I'll speak to you again next week. Cheers, everyone. Happy coding.